0: This morning we begin our celebration of Holy Week, remembering and reenacting the final week of Jesus' earthly life. Once again, it is Passover, for the third time in the Gospel of John. Lazarus has been raised from the dead, which is the final straw for the religious authorities. They are afraid that Jesus is going to lead a rebellion against Rome, and that many people will follow him. Now, Rome dealt with rebellion swiftly and cruelly. And they would take what little the Jewish people had left. The Jewish religious authorities decide it's better for one man to die than for the nation to be destroyed. So they begin to plot Jesus' death in earnest. Meanwhile, six days before Passover, Jesus returns to the home of Lazarus, And Martha and Mary. During the dinner, Mary kneels at Jesus' feet, anointing them with expensive perfume and wiping them with her hair, which is an act of extravagant honor and devotion. We're going to pick up the story in John chapter 12, starting in verse 9. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there at the home of Lazarus and Martha and Mary, They came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well, since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were trusting in Jesus. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the Passover festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, this is from the book of Zechariah, chapter 9 in the Old Testament, it's a prophecy, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, when he was crucified, resurrected, and ascended to heaven, then the disciples remembered that these things had been written of him and had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, you see, you can do nothing. They're like blaming each other at this point. You see, you can do nothing. Look, the whole world has gone after him. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks proving the whole world has gone after him. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. They're the two Greeks in the group. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus, has set, Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. There have been several times in the Gospel where Jesus has said, He's not going to do something because the hour has not yet come. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, or the human one. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. So, Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder, and others said an angel spoke to him. Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment, the moment of decision for this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, We've heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man or the Human One must be lifted up? Who is this Human One? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you don't know where you're going. While you have the light, trust in the light so that you may become children of light. These are the words of God for all people. Thanks be to God. This is the day that we begin our reenacting and our remembering. Which raises the questions, what are we reenacting and remembering, and why do we do it? Oftentimes, life does not make sense in the moment. Oftentimes, we only understand the true significance of an event when we look back on it, yeah? I'm sure you know what I mean. You, you cannot see how things fit together when you're in the middle of it. But when you look back, you see what was happening. Perhaps you'd even say that when you look back, you can see what God was doing. This is the experience that the disciples have on Palm Sunday. Verse 16 says that Jesus' disciples didn't understand what what was happening as it was happening. But after he was crucified and resurrected and ascended to heaven, when they looked back, when they remembered what was written in the Old Testament prophets and what happened to Jesus, then they understood. And this is what makes Holy Week so interesting to me. Because we are simultaneously reenacting events, trying to experience them as Jesus and the disciples experienced them, and also remembering them from the perspective of knowing what happens at the end, which is weird. Reenacting and remembering. This is often what we're doing on a lot of our major holidays. This is what we do at Christmas, right? We reenact, but we also remember, and it makes sense because we know what's coming at the end. This is what Americans do on Independence Day, right? We do a little bit of reenacting and we remember it, but our perspective is different because we got some time to look back and see what's happened and how it fits together. I want to suggest to you that one way we can look back on this Holy Week One perspective we can take as we reenact and remember is that this is all about life victorious over death. It's all about life having victory over death. This is a theme all the way through John's Gospel. Do you remember the gospel starts by saying in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. What came into being through the word was life and light for all people. We see throughout the stories that Jesus, Jesus the word made flesh, he is the bread of life, the resurrection and the life The way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the life. Life with Jesus is true life. Trusting in Jesus opens for us the doorway to transcendent life. Life that gives deep meaning to all of our ordinary activities and empowers us to do extraordinary things when the moment calls for it. Life. In opposition to life is death. Not just dying, but death. Death, the ultimate scarcity, which drives all of our bad decisions. The fear of death leads us to cling to privilege and property and power. Death, the great unknown, the thing that at our core we are most afraid of, and so we run from it any way we can. Death is a power. We would call it a force, because the threat of death is what we use to try to control people. The power of empire The power of the political state in our world is the power of death. The ultimate thing that we can take from someone else is their life. Let me sum up the Gospel of John for you this way. Relationship with the source through Jesus, relationship with the Father through the Son, to use John's language, is available to each and every person. When we live in relationship with the divine, we will not fear death. The experience of eternal life, of transcendent life here and now, overcomes our temporary fear of scarcity and our ultimate fear of dying. To live transcendently means to live so so completely and securely in God's love that we are not intimidated by anything else because we trust that life overcomes death. That is the message of Holy Week. Jesus proves this to us, and he invites us to join him in it. When Jesus is crucified... Jesus allows himself to be killed. He allows himself to be destroyed by other people's fear of death. He allows himself to die rather than be a catalyst for a rebellion that would wind up killing thousands of people. Jesus is not afraid of the power of death, and so he chooses to die. The one small statement that we heard in the story today where Jesus says, my soul is troubled, that is the only time in this gospel, in John's gospel, that he seems even the littlest bit disturbed by what's about to happen. In John's gospel, there is no agony There is no sweating blood. Jesus specifically said in this morning's story, he is not going to ask to get out of this. Because he is confident that what is about to happen is going to prove once and for all who God is and what God values. God is life. And so Jesus chooses to die because he's not afraid of death. Come back next week, we'll see what happens after he dies. Jesus proves to us in his death that he does not fear death. Our Orthodox brothers and sisters have a little Easter song that they sing about how Jesus conquers death by death. And Jesus invites us to join him, to be joined to him, to abide with him so deeply that we also do not fear the power of death in this world. The key to this is in what we read this morning. I want to read it to you again. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life, those who cling to it, lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. Whoever serves me, the Father Will honor, Friends, 100%, I do not believe this is just talking about going to heaven when we die. That's a far too simplistic reading of this. Jesus is talking, and we saw it over and over in this gospel. Jesus is saying that transcendent life, deeply meaningful life, is available to us here and now. Through being in relationship with Jesus through connecting to the divine, our regular lives take on a deep significance. Ordinary things are deeply meaningful, and when the moment comes, we can do extraordinary things through the power that comes from being connected to Jesus. When we stop fearing death, we will bear much fruit. When we stop grasping at our privilege and our property and our power as a way to avoid thinking about dying, when we stop that, we will experience transcendent life. To follow Jesus is to serve Jesus, to be where he is, and that is the kind of life that God values, that God longs to see us experience and share. The message of the gospel is designed to shape followers of Jesus who will not be intimidated. And that is what we are remembering and reenacting this Holy Week, the victory of life over death. Amen.